Welcome to the Floor Education Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hedin, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here to talk with contractors from all across the country about how to hire a contractor, DIY tips, and what's trending in the flooring world. This week's guest is Jim Freeman. Jim works for Metro Floors in Calhoun, Georgia. After working in the family flooring business, being a radio DJ, and running his own commercial carpet cleaning business, Jim became a technical rep for Metro Floors. One of his largest responsibilities is assisting homeowners with the installation of life-proof flooring. Listen in as we discuss how to make sure you have a successful installation. Jim Freeman, are you on the line? I'm here. Awesome. Welcome to Floor Education. Happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let us know who you are, what you do, uh, how you kind of got into the flooring industry, and where it's taken you. I, uh, my name is Jim Freeman. I currently work for HMTX Industries uh, in the Metro Floor Technical Department. Uh, I also handle most of the claims and customer service calls for life-proof flooring, which is sold through our Halstead division. Um, I got my start in flooring like a lot of guys in our industry. You know, it was the family business. And dad just said, you're working this weekend. Actually, what happened is they caught my brother. (laughs) You know, he was a couple years older than me. He got his start before I did, but they caught him sleeping on the job. And, you know, I got my start that weekend, so. And after that, it was it was pretty much every weekend you're working. So, but I always got paid well. Okay. Then, uh, um, did you go through do any certifications, anything like that? No, I never really did any certifications. Um, I worked. Uh, Dad ended up opening up. I went to school for broadcasting. Dad ended up in that that time opening up a floor coverings international franchise, um, and I went to work for him while I was I was doing broadcasting at the same time. So I really uh, was on my knees while I was trying to get off my knees. And that was pretty much most of my career. I was trying to get off my knees. Okay. And so, so. always in the family business, never out on your well, own 100%? Well, I, ended up, I ended up going out on my own uh, several times. And then I ended up going uh, to work for a DuPont Flooring Systems in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, doing mostly commercial work for them. And I worked for them in the, on the, the floor installation side for about three years. Uh, until I got to the point where I didn't want to do it physically anymore. Uh, but they didn't want to let me go, so they, they ended up bringing me over to the maintenance side where I learned how to clean carpet and, and restore flooring um, okay. on that side. So I, I ended up doing maintenance for about 20 years before I came to Metro Floor. Um, so I have both installation and, and maintenance background. Okay. And, and you said you, you were doing broadcasting at one point, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess radio? Yeah, I was on air uh, in radio for about, 10 years uh but fm radio kind of died when you know the ipod came out and, and the internet came around yeah. so uh, you know that 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 medium kind of died out so i uh i went back to the family business it was something i could make money doing okay so th- that flooring world just kept pulling you back in and back exactly. in and- <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and, and that's part of the reason i went to the to the maintenance side was that i was trying to get off off my knees and i still had flooring experience and i knew it was going on with the flooring and the subfloor and, and when we are maintaining it, that is important knowledge to have. Mm-hmm. No, I can I can see that because there's some of the issues that you can run into with floors are definitely from 
the installation perspective or other issues in the house, like you said, with the subfloor, things like that. And it's not necessarily a maintenance issue. It The maintenance issue resulted from a prior mishap. Yes. And we see that all the time. All right. Well, uh, you are with Metrofloor. And then, like you said, uh, you also handle a lot of life-proof claims, which I am sure... Oh, I don't handle many claims. Uh, well, not claims. Sorry, you. you um, well, I know. You, I know you helped write the the installation instructions. So thank you there. Yeah. I've read them I many times. Uh, I take a big part of the installation instructions um, with with the team that we have here uh, at Metro Floor. It's great. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I know that's a that's a big brand over at the uh, Big Orange Box store. Uh, I've right. installed it many times. I'm sure. If if some of our homeowners are, are listening and they're DIYers, that may be what they selected. And it's actually a, a, a very good product. It installs easily. It holds up well. Um, you guys are coming in at a, at a great price point. So, you know, I, from my happenings with it, I've always been very happy. Well, thank you. I mean, it's. It, it, I, I agree. It's a great product. We sell a lot of it through Home Depot. I think we're the largest flooring supplier that they have. So, uh, and they give us a, a lot of uh, a lot of props there. Um, okay. It's a great company to work for as well. Okay, and then uh, I I know that's a little bit more of a. Some of the wear layers are a little bit thinner on those products, and so uh, is that some of that same style offered through Metro Floor. Correct. I mean, it's uh, um, the same styles of floor. You're not going to get the same colors, but the same type of flooring is uh, is offered through Metro Floor as well through distribution, um, but uh, just dialed up products. Okay. The Home Depot products are what the Home Depot wants to sell. Now, and I do hear a lot of people say, well, it's just a six mil product. There is one SKU in the Home Depot line that is a 22 mil wear layer. Okay. That is designed there to be for, you know, that light commercial uh, uh, user. So. Um, there is a little bit of variety there, but you know most of it is a six mil wear layer. Okay, and if if you're looking to get something bumped up, go to your your mom and pop supplier and uh, ask them oh, if they the carry Metrofloor. Go to the Metrofloor website, the, type in your Metro your Floor zip. Okay, be the best place to start. Yes, there you go. All right, so um, we we've got you here because you have an extensive background in installation maintenance. You've helped write instructions. I've I know I've actually ended up calling you for a, a life proof insulation problem and uh, how do homeowners even know when they're having a problem with their install that it's not them that it's actually the product where do we even start? Well, I would think that the best place for a homeowner to start is whenever they have any kind of small problem with their installation or a question before they start the installation uh, to call customer service. It's right there on the box and. That that's a great crew of people in there that can answer a lot of those questions. And if it gets to the point where they can't answer the question, that phone call comes to me. Okay. And I'll work with a with a with a customer directly. I'll send pictures back and forth. I'll send videos to them. They'll send videos to me. We will work it out. I'll take as long as it takes to work it out uh, over the phone to get them headed in the right direction. I mean, that's just that's amazing customer service from a from a company and, and you yourself. Uh, you, you don't see that a lot anymore. You know, there's scripts to follow and it's kind of here's X, Y, Z. We have a little bit of that when you get to the customer service. There's some scripts, but they can definitely help out. You know, I work with those people on a regular basis to help the customer get to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. 
we see the, the same thing over and over again. So, so what are some of the most common issues that that come up that are being resolved over the phone that can save people a lot of time going into it? Uh, one of the things is, and I don't want to harp on something that has been covered in the past, but not reading the instructions. Um, like you said, we take a lot of time to to write these instructions and uh, and and try to word it perfectly so that it's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times the homeowner homeowners having a problem reading instructions is the is the best place to start. Um, but uh, a lot of times, what I see is if they haven't read the instructions, especially on the LifeProof product, the tongue and the groove are confusing to people. Our groove sticks out further than the tongue does. And to most people, if it sticks out further, that's the tongue. Mm -hmm. So they start the installation backwards. It's probably half of the phone calls that I see (laughs) is an installation that got started backwards. And it really comes from reading the installation instructions and and understanding them. Yeah, it's it's always been one of those things on laminate and vinyl products that tongue and, and groove don't necessarily look like they should work the way they do. But right. It is. Um, it's it's not as clear cut and dry as it is with like a solid three quarter inch oak. You know, it's where there's clearly a groove and there's clearly a tongue, and you know, it is what it is. But once you get it going, you you figure it out and you you start moving along nicely. So yep. the other thing that I see a lot from customers, uh, especially the do it yourselfers, <clears throat> that they're they're going to start down a wall, uh, and and they're not going to they're going to be following a wall that's not necessarily straight. They start building tension into the floor, whether it's, you know, one way or the other, they get the floor out of rack and it starts popping out or Mm -hmm. they'll come down after working all day. They'll come down the next morning and the floor is popping apart. That's because they followed a wall that's not straight. That first, those first two rows must be straight, must be razor or laser straight. That's one of the mistakes that I see uh, regularly. Okay. So, you know, what I would throw in on that is... Make sure you try and start on an exterior wall if you can, if you're doing more than one room and dig out some of the drywall so you can actually get to the beam that's attached to the the foundation there. There's a there's a two by four that'll run along the foundation that builds that wall. And if you can measure off of that and get some spacers set up on it on both sides of the wall, you're going to get a straighter line. And then after you get three, four, five rows in, if you grab some string and you run it from one side of the floor to the other, and you stay on that same row, and you pull that string taut. And if you're by yourself, just put your put a bucket at the other end, a book, uh, a weight, anything heavy just to hold that string in place for you. Pull it taut on the other side. That seam should line up with that string. Perfect. And if it doesn't, yeah, perfectly. And if it doesn't, you can see where you need to shift the floor, and you can go and put a tapping block in the middle and bang it one way or the other to, to get that floor straight, and then... You know, if you think you're, it's getting out of whack again after another five, six, seven, eight rows, go ahead, run the string again. It's, it's cheap, simple, easy fixes. And I'll tell you what, the pyramids in Egypt were built using methods like that. Yeah, you're right. So technology has, has come a long way, but sometimes it's the, it's the simple fix that'll help get you fixed. On the life proof product, I like to tell people to start the first two rows together alternating back and forth between the first and second row, just, mm-hmm. you know, out, out from the wall a little bit. And then they can, once they get to the other side of the wall, uh, they can slide that whole assembly forward. But what that does is that gets them registering the product straight to itself and not following a wall and not falling into that trap of, of following a wall. Yep. Um, 
that way that they get it nice and straight. And at that point, they could either scribe in that first row or they could push the whole assembly up to the wall. Yes. I, I actually, I start all my installs that way. I'll actually build like three or four rows at once, but yeah, it's, um, but it, it's hard it makes to it write so much those, easier. It, it, it's hard to write that into an instruction for the average do it yourself or because it does become technical in writing it. It's simple to do, yes, but it's technical to write. I'm sure there's YouTube videos showing you how to scribe that first, you know, first piece in. Yeah. Uh, so if you're trying to balance the room, and that's something I, I get a lot of questions for in the LifeProof product, is if they're trying to balance the room, how much am I cutting off the, that first part? And, and then I'm starting with that little tiny piece along the wall, you know, and then I, I tell them you got to start with at least half a piece, so you got to balance the room, and we get into that discussion as well. Yeah, and that's... I, there, there's a whole other set of problems is measuring it out and trying to balance. And then if you have multiple width, like I know you guys offer one that's multiple widths and that can kind of end up being, oh, well, now how do I end up here and make sure this yeah. works? Um, yeah. But, you know, and all- the we also offer the herringbone product and that's that's oh, another nice. one that could be tough for a for a, you know, a seasoned vet can get a herringbone off. So we we had to work to write the instructions on that one so that even someone that's a do-it-yourself or that's never touched a floor can get a herringbone straight in, in the room and where it needs to be. Wow. Yeah, that would definitely... I haven't installed one myself, but I, I do know there's a lot more set up and prep and planning for, for one of those. And so to be able to write those instructions to and convey well, we to that, your average person... We made person. it easy. As we, made it, we got it to the point where until you make your cuts, you could still adjust the entire floor hmm. back and forth. Because it is a floating floor, you can adjust it back and forth once you make a cut you're kind of locked into place but you know you can make sure that you're straight and true in the room before you make any of those cuts and we wrote the instructions in that direction okay nice so any anything else besides you know basic um starting out getting getting set up ready to go what other kind of questions do you have coming in with the life proof products uh subfloor flatness is definitely uh and very important uh, and in the in that product, it's uh, a quarter inch over ten feet is the standard. So your floor needs to be pretty much flat. Um, and if you have a big hump in the middle of the floor, it's going to cause gapping. So that's one of the things that you need to take care of before you start installing the floor. Okay. So the, the the floor is only as good as the subfloor that you put it down on. Yes. So that's really that's really where you have to start. And if you're you're interested in learning more about subfloor prep, go back, listen to our episode with uh, Jeremy Waldorf, and he covers a lot of stuff. What I would say is don't try and use your two foot, four foot, and even I wouldn't use a six foot level trying to find flatness. A six foot level is probably going to be the most readily available thing to a homeowner. Right, right. But if you, it, it's not quite long enough to really give you a good read uh if you can go and get like a a 10 foot straight edge piece of metal from home depot while you're there picking up your flooring or something something that's 10 feet long that's going to be straight please don't buy a two by four i guarantee you it's not going to be straight just get by it um, but yeah, if you can find something that's 10 feet long and, and milled straight or, or well, I mean, for the average, do it, for the average, do it yourself for a string can tell you a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a 10 foot string can tell you a lot. Yeah. If you hold the, if you hold the string tight across the floor, you'll see where there's dips and, and high spots. Uh, and you can kind a of flashlight, out. a flashlight laid on its side, a very bright flashlight laid on its side on the floor can tell you a lot as well. 
Oh, yep. It's going to, yeah, that'll it'll show you where the beam is stopping and stuff. Okay. See, look at that. I'm learning st- new stuff too. It's it's keeping it, like I said before, you know, you, sometimes you just got to keep it really simple. Um, it, and then, you know, you can get a, you can get a seven inch grinder and a dust shroud and a vacuum. You can take out some littler humps. I wouldn't get crazy trying to take out like a half inch hump with one, but, um, you can take out some little humps if you need to fill in a low spot, you can mix up some self level or patch and, uh, get right. that patched and get yourself flat. Right. Yeah. Flat is very important on the floating floors. Um, the other thing that's most important on floating floors is the expansion space. So any fixed vertical object, you've got to have that, that quarter inch expansion space around it. And where I see the mistakes come in is, uh, under door jams. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys, homeowners, a lot of times don't know how to undercut a door jam. Um, I know there's YouTube videos for that. I definitely suggest undercutting your door jams. But when you do that, when you cut your piece around that sill plate, basically, you're not cutting around the jam at that point. You're cutting around the sill plate. Um, you got to ex- maintain that expansion space around that sill plate. Yeah. A lot of guys, you know, you do, they put the piece in and they're like, yep, it fits. And they don't realize they used up their expansion space, but it looks good from here. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and all these floors expand and contract. The house expands and contracts. So you need that expansion space. Or you're gonna, you could cause buckling or separating down the road, and that's one of those mistakes I see is not maintaining that expansion space everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely key. Um, you know, I've been asked, can I, can I put a vanity on top of it? Can I, can you put the floor in before my cabinets go in? And well, and it, on the lightproof product, we allow a vanity that sits on feet. And so a lot of the vanities yeah. sit, now they sit on four feet. We allow that. Um, and in a small bathroom, a small vanity is not going to be a problem. You know, but kitchen cabinets with a granite countertop all loaded up with dishes and pots and pans, that's going to pinch a floor. So Correct. And that's that's always what I say as well. And I'll point out that, you know, hey, sure, your refrigerator is heavy, but that's one point in one corner. That's not an entire kitchen and 100 square feet of cabinets sitting on top of the floor pinching it. You know, it you got to you got to look at the whole big picture. You can't look at like, well, because it's okay with this one little thing, I can do it everywhere. And so. Yeah, around at the walls, at cabinets. Um, just in front of the bathtub, I hear that one a lot. Can I just can I push it tight in front of the bathtub and then leave extra space on the other side of the room? Whereas it's not really the way it is in the book. Mm-hmm. I can't suggest doing it that way. Okay, so yeah, you just you can come up with you know if, when you're leaving the expansion by the tub, you can put in a matching silicone sealant. That way, it's still gonna prevent water from getting underneath the floors when kids are splashing, things like that. And, you know, you put a towel in front of the tub, let your kids go at it, wipe it up. No problems. Right. Right. Okay. Um, man, these are all, this is so much knowledge for, for anybody. It's just basic. It's, it's like install one Oh one week with, uh, with an apprentice. (laughs) And it's all, and it all really goes back to the basics. I mean, the floor needs to be, uh, flat, smooth, structurally sound, and dry. Really, if you cover those, then you're on your way towards a good installation. Okay, so let's actually let's go there. So, um, a dry floor is key. Okay. Um, but I know even with the vinyl plank products, even though they're waterproof, you still are supposed to do moisture testing. But I think that's going to be way above most DIYers, homeowners, like level of understanding, and they might not even know what they need to do. So what's the easiest way that they can test their OSB subfloor or 
concrete to make sure they can install the vinyl flooring? Well, on a wood subfloor, you can get uh, an invasive wood uh, moisture meter at any Home Depot, and it's only a few bucks. Um, for uh, a concrete floor, there's only really two ways to test it for moisture that are accepted um, in the industry. That is the calcium chloride test and the inset to, you know, the, the plug that you put into the flooring. Mm-hmm. So that's difficult for a homeowner to do. Now, a homeowner can do a calcium chloride test. You can go on Amazon and buy one for about, I don't know, about 20 bucks and do your own calcium chloride test. Um, but for a, your typical homeowner, if they want to check their concrete floor, the best thing to do is to take about a two foot by two foot piece of plastic, tape it down to the floor, leave it there for 24, 48 hours, peel it up. If it's wet underneath or there's a difference in the color of the concrete, then there might be a moisture problem there. Okay. That, that being said, um, like you said, our product is waterproof to a point. Or I shouldn't say to a point. It's completely waterproof. Um, but what happens is if you have that layer of moisture between the flooring and the concrete, you could grow mold. Yes. So we, we have an 85% uh, limit on um, RH limit on, uh, on the lightproof flooring because of that. We don't want to cause an un- unsafe building environment. Okay. And if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, I don't, you may or may not know, I, I believe 90% RH on concrete is like standing water. No, well, 100%. 100%. Okay. Just over 100%. So from what I understand, 0% would be bone dry and 100% would be as much water as the concrete can hold. Okay. And so at 85%, can I put down the plastic vapor barrier and, and call it's it not, good or no? It's not, it's not necessary on the, on the life-proof products. Well, I understand. But if I'm at 85%, if I, if I did like an in-situ probe and I, I had like a flooring company come out and do that for me as a homeowner um, and it came back at 85%, can I put down the 6 mil plastic and, and call would, it good would, or no? I would just put the life-proof down. It's an extra step that's not necessary. Okay. Well, so it comes back at 90, so I'm it wouldn't, high. It I, I'm just saying, anything. like... It, it wouldn't hurt anything in the long run, but um, I have heard of people saying that there's sometimes a crinkling noise if you put the 6 mil poly underneath. Yes. You definitely need to stretch it tight. Right. Right. I, I personally put it on all my installs. I don't care what I'm putting down, but I figure it's one of the cheapest insurance policies you can buy to prevent moisture from building up underneath. And right, and it could also prevent right. it could also prevent some alkal, alkaline salts from building up and coming up through some cracks. Yeah, so it's it's not expensive. You can pick up six mil plastic pretty cheap. Um, so it, it can go both ways. I've done it without it. I've done it with it. Um, I, I really appreciate all of your insights. I think these are all great ways to go. Um, why don't you give us who you are again? Uh, if you want people to be able to get a hold of you, if they have questions about LifeProof, or uh, if you know that 800 number to the customer service line. Uh, yeah, I should have the customer service line right here for you. Probably my phone. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you give you my cell number. Okay. And I don't I don't mind giving customers my cell number if they've got a problem with life proof flooring. I'm here to help. Okay. Um, uh, I get I even get texts nighttime and weekends. Uh, but it's uh, Jim Freeman, and my cell number is seven one seven six four nine two four zero nine. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate all those insights. That is so helpful to anyone looking to be able to try and do this on their own 
or you know maybe attempt their their first floor ever i think there's a lot of good knowledge there to be able to get yourself started and moving in the right direction to have a quality installation behind you well it's great being on thank you for having me you're welcome i'll talk to you later that's all the time we have for this week be sure to subscribe so you can hear each and every episode we can be found on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, and most major podcast directories don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show if you'd like to be a guest, have questions or feedback, you can email us at flooreducation at gmail.com. You can help support the show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash flooreducation. Remember, your education never stops.